Welcome to Grace Community Church this morning. My name is Jonathan Sheffron. If I haven't met you yet, I'm the pastor of Life Groups here at Grace. And I am so glad that we get to spend some time together. And I want to pray just as we kick off the time, we're going to go through the Bible and ask God to speak some stuff to our hearts. Okay, so let's bow our heads. God, as we head into our ministry fair next Sunday, I pray that today you would soften our hearts to hear things that we need to hear directly from you. That maybe we've heard from humans before, but I just pray today we would have special ears to hear directly from you about some things about how we're designed to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last week, my son walked into the den about Friday, as I recall, and he said, Dad, um, I need to tell you something. I'm like, okay. Um, There's tiles falling off the shower in the front bathroom. And I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't sound good. So I said, how long has that been happening? Oh, like a week or two. And I'm like, oh, no. So I go in there, and the tiles were leaning off and now falling off because they had been continuing to shower while the tiles were getting unstuck. And now water is flowing behind the tiles into the sheetrock. If those of you guys who don't know how that works, sheetrock dissolves when it gets wet. So the whole shower wall is starting to implode on the shower bathtub. And um, that causes terror and full-on panic in me. Because I am not the guy who goes to Home Depot and understands how any of this works. I mean, I'm the guy who goes and is constantly getting the wrong thing and having to return it because I just do not understand this stuff. So I called my father-in-law, Bruce, who um, is a professional painter, and he's good at this sort of stuff. I said, would you please come help me because I am way out of my depth here. And we spent all day, like, together. We went to get some different wood, some different things. We're crafting it and fixing the issues. And on the ride home, he says... John, I just really enjoyed today. And I thought to myself, that is not the emotion I had today. (laughs) But that is really awesome that God has wired you to understand this stuff. Because this stuff is really hard for me because I'm not wired that way. And it just brought into focus how we are all wired so differently. And that's actually by design. That's God's design for us. You know, Will shared last week Ephesians 2.10. I just want to read it again for us. That we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we would walk in them. The, the Greek word for workmanship is poema, which is where we get the English word poem from. You know, we're not a bunch of assembly line cookie cutter molds that come off the end of the factory. We are handcrafted by the creator of the universe And not all of us believe that we have been personally crafted for ministry in this room. I know that because I have conversations a lot with people. And they don't walk in this truth that we are designed by God for ministry. I want to read this passage um, from the Psalms for you. Um, And before I read it, you know, I just want to think, you know, some of us have different reasons for why we might not believe we're designed for ministry. Maybe, you know, I was designed for ministry back when I had energy, but now I am really tired. And I get that as I'm starting to hit my mid-40s. I just want to say I get the energy thing. Some of us think we were designed for ministries and ministry, but then mistakes happened. You know, Daryl talked about that earlier. And, and, And I just want to say to you. The cross is enough for us to get us back in the game. Some of us believe we were never useful because the quality control guy that day wasn't manning the shop. And we got sent out and we needed to get an RMA on this thing, right? But actually God 
crafted each one of us. In Psalms 139, 13-15, I want to read this over you. And if you've really not believed this truth, I want you to believe it as you hear the word of God spoken about you individually. Psalm 139, starting in verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful all your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. See, God spent time on you when you're in the womb and he still is crafting us today. He still is forming us into useful people who will do good works for him, which he's prepared beforehand for us to do. As you walked in today, I hope you got a little puzzle piece in your way. And if you do, I want you to grab that because I think it's a useful picture for us this morning. First of all, I want you to realize that that puzzle piece is unique just to you. It is different than any other piece in the room. And as you hold that puzzle piece, I want you to realize you are different than every other person in the room. There's only one person like you. You're fully unique. What makes you unique? There's a lot of things that make you unique. But first of all is your natural design. Your natural design. I, I last night had some family in town from Nebraska, and we had karaoke night where we earplay King Karaoke to the TV. And I just want to say, as I was sitting there enjoying the singing, not all of us in the family are gifted with the same level of singing ability. So I just want to say that in love to my family, that we are all different in this natural ability. Some of us, man, nailing it. Some of us, not so much. Um, yesterday, my nephews came up and played a little basketball with Jose up here at church. And I said, how did that go? I said, well, some of us were made faster than others. And so I just realized that's so true, right? God made some of us to run really fast. Some of us were just kind of moving at our own speed, right? Now, some of us love Excel spreadsheets. I am one who just loves it. Raise your hand if you're with me in the love of spreadsheets. Thank you. Oh, yes. Love this thing. So I have a staycation come up in a couple weeks, and this is what I did. I took all the ideas we had for a staycation. I put them in a spreadsheet because that's where things go, right? And then I had all my kids vote with a ranking on how much they liked the idea, and then I divided it by my number of kids for an average kid ranking. Then I took Sarah and I, and we put our score together, divided by two for an average adult ranking, and then I ranked them all by score. And I thought to myself, this is a so wonderful. And I thought also to myself, there is almost no one else in the church that's doing this, because I am uniquely and wonderfully made to love Excel and math. There's so many different natural abilities that God has formed into us that make us unique. But not just that, life experiences. You know, God doesn't waste anything. And, you know, I grew up in a family. My dad is an immigrant to the United States, so growing up in an immigrant home, had certain experiences to it. I was homeschooled when I grew up. That was a certain unique experience. All sorts of experience that we have. If we went around the room and just spent time sharing those stories, we would all have life experiences that are different for each other. And I just want to remind you of Romans 8.28, which says that God works all things for good, for those that are, love him and are called according to his purpose. So even the bad experiences that we've had, God can work for good because we are called to be his kids. And he works it for good for 
our good and his glory. So all our life experiences, both good and bad, come to form us into who we are. So we have our natural abilities, we have our life experiences. Another thing is we have learned abilities. I went to UTA and got a degree in computer science engineering, learned a little bit about computer stuff, loved it, loved the technology, loved the physics, went to Dallas Seminary, learned some more things. If I were to go around this room and talk about what learned ability some of us have learned, like Aaron didn't come out of the womb like playing guitar like he was today. He put some time in. He put some effort in. He built calluses on his fingers because I have tried to play guitar and it hurts. I'm like, dude, he said, oh yeah, you got to put time in. You got to put effort in to create that learned ability. So some of us in this room have different learned abilities over time. And then another thing that makes us unique is God has supernaturally decided to give different one of us supernatural empowerments to do ministry. Oftentimes these are called spiritual gifts. And how do I know that each of us has these? Well, Romans 12, 6 says it. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly. Now, some versions do it differently. They kind of list the gift and then says, use it. You get there the same way, both directions. Basically, you have been given gifts, so use them. Now, I want to just give you my understanding of how gifts have worked in my life. So when I was very young, four, five, six years old, I did not realize that I couldn't see real well because I didn't jump in anyone else's head because that would be really weird. So I just thought no one could see the road signs as you're driving along the road. And I remember the first time mom took me to get my eyes tested. And they said, oh boy, you're very nearsighted. And I thought, okay, what does that mean? Well, that means you can see books up close, that's great, but you can't see anything far away. So they gave me my first pair of glasses. And oh my goodness, when you get your first pair of glasses, those of you who've never needed them, you don't realize how cool this is. You put them on for the first time, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a superpower. I can read the signs on the other side of the road. I can go like and see stuff. Not everything's a blur in my life. And it is like it is, it's like a supernatural empowerment that you never had before. And that's what it's like when God says, you need something. I'm going to empower you supernaturally to do what I need you to do. If, if God needs you to see things in ministry that you can't see today, he is very capable and faithful to supernaturally empower you to see it. And he just gives you those superpower glasses to see what you need. If he sees that, okay, I need you to carry something heavy, he's going to give you the supernatural strength to carry what he's calling you to carry. And no matter what the ministry need is, God is very good at equipping his kids for that ministry. So if, if God calls us to something, he's going to equip us for it. 1 Peter 4.10 says it this way, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. And, and I just want to say, of course, this includes spiritual gifts, spiritual empowerments here. Absolutely. But I just take a little broader view of this. You know, when that football player goes in and scores a touchdown, oftentimes you'll see some of them point to heaven. And I'm thinking, what are they doing? Why are they pointing to heaven? Well, I think it's because they're acknowledging, yes, I ran the right route, and yes, I caught the ball, but God gave me hands. 
God gave me vision to, to know where to put the hands. God gave me understanding of when to jump to lay out for that catch. And so what he's doing is he's saying, that's God who gets the glory for whatever I did in that moment. So understanding that not just our supernatural giftings, but everything we have is from God. Our house is from God. That's a gift from God, those of us who have a house in this room. And the question is, how can we employ that house for him? My car is a gift from God. If you guys have a car in this room, how can I employ that car for him? My natural abilities, my learned skills, my supernatural abilities, those are from him. How can I use those? How can I employ those? How can I not leave them in the drawer? How can I use them for God? First Peter 4.10 also says we should employ them in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. And how many financial peace people are in the room? You know, those guys who take a financial peace room, there's a few of you guys. So you guys know what a steward is. Uh, he talks a lot about stewardship in this class. You know, it's kind of an old English term, but a steward is one who manages stuff from someone else. Wednesday, I was, um, had a really busy day. Um, I went to celebrate in the morning with a friend in the church who had just adopted their first child, went to the courthouse. It was so neat. The, the judge said in 25 years, he'd never seen something this cool with a number of people from the church that came to support this person. And, but it was kind of busy, and I was running late to some meetings, and it was not convenient where it was located. So I'm driving back, and I went through the McDonald's drive through lane. Now, don't judge me, because McDonald's is cheap, and my kids like it. So I just want to say, we got a bunch of stuff there, and it didn't cost me a lot. So I get the big bag of sandwiches, and I hand them back to my daughter, Grace. And I'm like, Grace, you are the steward of these sandwiches. I didn't use those words, but that's what I said. You are, I, those bag of sandwiches were not all for Grace. Like, she had, like, 15 sandwiches in there. That would have been a lot. I, it was intending the grace, you take the sandwiches, and you distribute them around. And this is important to me because pretty soon, if my boys in the back don't get a sandwich, they're going to start assaulting grace, trying to get the sandwiches. Um, so it's important that she does this, right? It's important that she handle the sandwiches as if I was doing it. You know, you serve around with what you've been given. Now, you might not think that distributing sandwiches is an important task, but there's a ministry principle that we talk about a lot of grace, faithful and little, faithful and much. And if grace accomplishes that task well, if she serves everyone effectively and then eats last, that tells me something that I could start entrusting her more. It is kind of just a funny anecdote that one of the very first problems the early church experienced was in Acts 6, where they were inappropriately distributing food to people. So these little things, they matter. You know, as a parent, when I observe my child being faithful in the chore I've given them, the task I've given them, the job I've given them, when they do that, I notice, and it gives me perspective that I can give them more and see if they can handle more and more. Back to the puzzle piece. So number one is every person is unique. No one in here has the same mix of natural abilities, learned skills, supernatural abilities. We're all perfectly unique. But the second part is every person is a part of the whole, the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about us all being a part of the body of Christ. We're connected to one another as a part of the whole. 
Now, some of you are going to be obsessed about what does the piece actually look like. And I don't have time for us to get a big table and assemble it all, which would be really neat. Um, so I'll give you a picture of what it, what it looks like just so you can know, okay, that's what my piece translates into, um, if you're wondering. I, I really wanted like a, like a human body um, thing kind of connected to 1 Corinthians 12, but I couldn't find exactly what I wanted. Um, and part of that is because... Monday through Thursday, for the last month, I've been taking my kid to A&P class, which is anatomy and physiology. And this is the way it works pretty much every time I pick her up from class. She'll say, Dad, you will never guess what I learned today. I'm like, what did you learn today? I learned that in your lungs, there's these little hairs. And these lung, these hairs are like an escalator that gets all the bad stuff out of your lungs and shoots it up this one-way system. And at the end of every one of these stories... I ask her, well, what happens if it doesn't work? She says, oh, you die. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So, so there's all sorts of stuff happening inside my body that I don't know is happening, that if it stops, I will probably die. And all these systems working together, and in a similar way, if large portions of the church disconnect from ministry, say we're not doing our job anymore, we're not doing our stuff anymore, the organism gets very unhealthy. The organism gets very sick. It stops working right. So we need each other. Also, I don't know if you've done a puzzle recently. How many of you guys have done a puzzle recently? Or the only family that does puzzles? A few of you guys have puzzles. They're kind of nice, relaxing things. Um, one of the things about puzzles is you have certain people who like to separate all the colors. Like you're working on the boat. You're working on the ocean. Um, and I do think it's interesting because I'll have one of my kids come along, and they will try to, like, Obviously, it's a boat piece, but they're trying to shove it in somewhere else. Like, that doesn't go there. Like, yes, but if I keep trying hard enough, I will get it to go here. And I'm thinking, no. So once you learn your design a little bit, you kind of know where to look for where you fit. But also, have you ever gotten the end of a puzzle and there was like two pieces missing? It's like, oh my gosh, I just spent hours on that and the pieces were missing. So just realize if you take this puzzle piece home with you and you visualize that you're a part of the ministry at Grace and you never use what God's put inside of your ministry, it's like that. It's like we got holes everywhere and we want every piece employed for ministry at Grace. So I kind of mentioned next week is our annual ministry fair where after each service, we're having an abbreviated service that day, we're going to be an hour in here, and we're going to invite everyone across to the Life Center where we're going to have 40 or 50 ministries at Grace. And each of these ministries is helping people find, know, and follow the Lord Jesus Christ and then multiply. And man, I tell you, it is going to be such a fun time. I really hope every single person comes back for that. And how many of you are currently serving on a ministry team at Grace? Raise your hand if you're currently serving. It could be Adventureland, it could be Met Team, it could be ESL, Awesome Sauce. So if you come next week and you had your hand up, I want you to wear one of these shirts that says Team Grace, and we're going to give you a sticker on your way in that's going to show like ESL, uh, one of the different ministries, right? And you're going to get to wear one of these. If you're not currently serving on a team, next week we're going to help you find one. We are going to absolutely help you find a place that matches your design, your unique shape, and we're going to help you find one here. I was thinking about what, it, what would success look like? You know, just kind of clarify, is the goal just that we all say, wow, Grace does a bunch of cool stuff. You know, that's not my goal. Um, that's a nice side thing. But I think one of the, my real goals for this ministry fair is if every person finds a team, or if you're on a team, maybe you find a second team, every person finds a team or teams where you're free to serve, 
how you're designed or wired to serve. Every single person in this room finds a team at Grace where you're free to serve how God's wired you to serve. So I want you to take that puzzle piece and just keep it as a reminder to pray, Lord, would you help me find where I fit? Help me find where I fit in ministry, realizing that I'm unique, that no one in here is like me, no one in all the city of Arlington is like me, and you've created certain things for this shape to do for you. Now, how do we get to experience that success next week? I want to give four suggestions of things we can do now to help us get ready for next week that are going to give us a greater chance of success at the ministry fair. Number one, so just number one, I want you to try to learn your design. Because I've said everyone's different, but if I spend some time, we all circled up, you know, life group pastors love getting in circles. So if I can get everyone in a circle, I'll do it. Um, if I were to take the time this morning and you circled up with four or five people, could you answer the question, how has God designed you to serve? How has God designed you to serve? What would your answer be? And all the introverts think, is he really going to do it? I'm like, no, we're not really going to do it this morning. But if I did that, what would your answer be? If you don't know, then we want to grow in that. If you're brand new to this ministry thing, one of the best places to start is just meet a felt need. You know, I was very young. I was 14, 15 years old. We went to Grace Community Church in Tyler, Texas. And uh, when I, I, I kind of said, I just want to do stuff. I like buttons. And so they said, okay, we've got a place for you. And they put me in charge of the mixing board. And what was really interesting about that ministry is I think God knew it, it was good for me because if the sound guy does his job really well, no one notices. So John has been doing great in the sound with this morning. There's been no feedback. He's, everyone's doing great. So he's killing it this morning and no one knows his name, right? So John, way to go back there, brother. I appreciate you so much, right? I needed that because my ego was pretty massive at 14 or 15. I thought I was God's gift to the church at that time. And God knew that I needed a job to serve where if I did really well, no one would care. And I'm thinking, that is perfect for me. And so I, had, I served that. I'm mean, going to shut up early, worship, did all the sound stuff. But I was faithful. And I came week after week and I was on time. And I did my job and I grew in understanding of that job. And then because I was faithful, God gave me different opportunities and more opportunities. And I learned more about how I'm wired and learned what things really feed my soul and what things don't. So as you just start serving, you'll learn things about yourself. Um, I do think there's a, there's a couple of things you can do also. One is I encourage you to ask this key question with those you serve with or in your household or with your circle of friends. This key question is how does my design and gifts strengthen those around me? How does my design and gift strengthen those around me? 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says that our giftings are designed to strengthen the body of Christ. So if my gifts are designed to strengthen the body of Christ, it's natural to ask the body of Christ, how do I strengthen you guys? Because you and I are the body of Christ. So I encourage you, if you've got a family and a household, spend time at the dinner table and go around the circle and say, you know, how do you strengthen our family? What is it about your design? Because it could be that different members of the family don't know. And it'd be healthy to go around and ask that question. If you're part of a ministry team, maybe take a minute at one of your meetings and say, hey, I just want to go around and say, do you know how your strengths really bless us? We spent some time as a 
as a staff team on our prayer time on Tuesday, just going this and talking about how different strengths on the team were helpful in kind of affirming one another. If you've got a bunch of friends, you go out on Friday night for dinner, and you've been friends with people for a while, it's a great question to ask together. How do my giftings and my design strengthen our friendship? How do they strengthen those around me? How does God tend to use me for ministry? One other tool that I've been playing with this week that I've rather enjoyed um, is designed by Chip Ingram. He's one of my favorite life group teachers. And it's called therealyou.org. Takes about 20 minutes to do it. What's been kind of funny about this is I've mentioned a few people to try this. All of them have rushed it. So I just want to say, don't rush it. And I say I rushed it too the first time. So it's not as natural to rush it. It's like, oh man, I got to answer this things. Take a good cup of coffee. Take your time. Don't be rushed. And just go through and answer some questions. And I found it very helpful. I thought it was, it was so interesting how it kind of gave me some some things about myself and ways to grow in some of those things. If you're looking, I'm going to ask some more questions as we go along. If you're looking for any of this, it's in the sermon notes today. So if you use that QR code in the seat back pocket, all this is in the sermon notes today and you can, you can refer back to it. But take a minute and then after you do your real you profile, I encourage you to share it with a pastor, share it with a team leader, share it with someone in your family. And say, hey, this, I did this 20-minute thing Jonathan thought I should do, and here's what it said. Do you think that kind of lines up with what you've observed of me? And see if it's helpful. So knowing how God has wired us will help us next week and other times to filter what opportunities should we be looking for in ministry. So the first suggestion is learn your design. The second suggestion is examine your schedule. Examine your schedule. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Wise people make the most of their time. And this means examining our schedule and prioritizing some things over others. So Bethany, my baby sister's in town, so I'm going to have you come up for a second. Um, so she uh, drove down from Nebraska. She was one of those doing the karaoke with us. I'm not saying she is the awesome or I'm not saying that. Just she um, is going to help me out with an illustration. I think it's very helpful. Now, I have taught Bethany everything she knows about sports. So, um, yeah, so all the, the skill that she has, she can attribute to me. Yes, how to go wide, all those things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a, a visual that does helpful. So imagine that God is the quarterback. And imagine that the football is a ministry he wants to give to somebody, right? So he, I think, is looking around for, okay, this would be perfect for Dawn. This would be perfect for Joe. This would be perfect for Bethany. So he gets the ball and take one step that way. They're perfect. That's good right there. One step this way. There we go. Perfect. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw this to Bethany, hoping that all my lessons in the backyard over the years stuck. Because if she drops it, that is not on me, okay? So I'm going to toss it. And she catches it, right? Very good. Now, don't leave. Don't leave. We're not done yet. So I get the ball back. Awesome. So this is like what it's like when God passes the mission. Now, in real life, it doesn't work like this. Because, first of all, we have an adversary playing defense. So we have, now I'm not going to get the whole football team up here. We're going to limit the, the visual. But we do have an adversary who's trying to limit the ministry from happening. And he's actively fighting against that. But I think also sometimes we have our hands full with stuff. So, like, Bethany, for example, she's a, a, a homeschooler, um, but she also sometimes goes to conferences and things. So sometimes in life, we're, we're growing as people, and we have different trainings we're doing. 
So I'm going to give this to you because you have some training stuff you signed up for because you wanted to improve in that, which is really, I, I applaud you for that. Well done. Um, you also, uh, self-care. Now, self-care is important. As a mom of five, hugely important. Um, Bethany lives in Nebraska, so she tells me that it gets really, really cold up there. And so she takes really long baths. I don't know, are these like six-hour baths or... No, no, no. Okay, so these are what so I'm going to, sometimes self-care could be I'm playing a video game for my eight hours on Saturday, like that's how I recharge. Self-care could be um, I'm watching football all day on Sunday, so I'm just going to give you the self-care box. You're doing great. Um, now, I, I think health is another one, health and hobbies. I tried to take my family disc golfing yesterday. That was a terrible idea in July. <laughs> Uh, my brother-in-law said, don't ever do that to me again. So, um, well, you got hobbies that you kind of do in there. You're doing great. We got the health ones. So on Wednesday, true story, I had five McChicken sandwiches, and that's all I ate on Wednesday. So if you do that, well, my experience was I told my wife, I do not feel good tonight. And she's like, I can't imagine why. And I'm like, yes, I am never doing this again. Kids, do not go through McDonald's twice in the same day for any reason ever again. So sometimes health light gets on there, and you've just got health issues. Um, Bethany decided that she didn't like the car God gave her, so she got a brand new car this year. Um, so she got a new one there. You're doing great. So she has a second job to pay for that car, which I thought was interesting. So now what I'm going to do is I have a ministry for Bethany. And I, I was like, she, is designed, she has hands for it. She's designed for it. It's going to be great. And if I throw this to her, it's not going to work, Right? It's not going to work. So sometimes we have our hands full with stuff, and we need to ask the Lord, you did great. Thank you so much. You can go ahead and sit down. <laughs> ask the Lord, have you asked me to pick up all these things? Have you asked me to do all this? And some, none of these are bad in and of themselves. Some of these are great for a time. But just, I think it's helpful as we go through our schedule and say, is everything in my schedule something I'm supposed to be doing? Is it life-giving for me? Um, and some things are real benign things. Like um, I, I looked at my schedule and, and said, okay, going to Walmart is not a life-giving experience. You know, walking back up down the aisle. Some of you guys, do you guys like shopping at Walmart? I love the prices of Walmart, but it is not. Okay, we got one. My daughter loves it. I do not love this experience, guys. And so it was like something every Monday night for a while that's where we got all our food is we would go and do like a two-hour trip to Walmart, all our food for the week. And it was like not fun. I said, why are we doing this? And then I realized the magic of curbside pickup <laughs> where, where you can like get everything on the app and then you pull in and 10 minutes later, they load up your trunk. It's, so it's faster. And so it freed up a whole two-hour block in my schedule that wasn't life-giving. And so I think my first question for you to ask yourself related to your schedule, is there anything you're doing right now that's not life-giving to you that you can eliminate? That's not anything at work. No, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Some of us still have to work and pay bills, so we cannot eliminate all the things, but ask the fair question. Is there anything that is in my schedule that is not life-giving to me, that's not doing it for Jesus, that I can eliminate? For me, it was Walmart, right? For you, it could be something. And the second question, a helpful question, diagnostic about your schedule, is there anything I'm not doing that I really should add? So these would be things like maybe regular time with other believers. You know, it, we have life groups at Grace. Sometimes people go out like Sunday nights for dinner. There's different things happening. Is, there, is it 
part of your regular schedule to assemble with other believers. And that may be something that needs to be added into your schedule that's life-giving. Number three, is there anything that you've said yes to that is currently preventing you from being a part of a ministry that you're passionate about? Is there anything you've said yes to that is preventing you from being a part of a ministry you're passionate about? If so, is there a way to change that? And finally, when in your schedule are you currently free to serve? If God gave you the perfect opportunity or even a good match opportunity this next week at the ministry fair, do you know when you're currently free? And I would write that down on a, on a card. It's, I'm free Mondays. I'm free Thursdays. I'm free these times, Sunday mornings. I'm free these different times. And take a good, hard look at your schedule. So the first suggestion is learn your design. The second is examine your schedule. The third suggestion is dream. Dream a little bit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, behold, new things have come. It talks about him giving us a new heart as a part of this new creature. The new heart beats for things that beat on God's heart. And what I have noticed is God gives certain people passions for different things. And if God has been making you passionate about something for him, my question for you is, does that already exist here? And if not... Is that something maybe he's giving you a dream? Now, don't dream about a neighbor. So we're not now looking out on her roads. I'm dreaming about the, a ministry for them. No, this is a ministry for you. If there's a ministry that you've been dreaming about, my encouragement would be write out a little bit and bring it to the ministry fair. We're going to have a place for us to put dreams on, on, the, on a table and talk about them. And maybe God's putting multiple dreams that kind of overlap and are very similar or the same on people's hearts here because he wants to burst something new. The third suggestion is to dream. And then finally, my fourth suggestion is invite a friend to go with you. Invite a friend to go with you. And the reason is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That means I'm walking around with a friend and I say, man, I see this ministry here. And I see you as a part of it. And I want to tell you, you're gifted for that. I want to tell you, you can make a difference there. You should think about that. And they can do the same thing to me and say, John, you should really think about that. That's something I've seen you do before, and I think you'd be good at it. So you want to go with somebody. You want to go with somebody so you can encourage each other and kind of bounce ideas off each other and kind of be accountable to each other. A lot of times we'll go to the ministry fair, and we'll talk about things, we'll sign up for things, and then we're like, hey, I'm not really going to fall through on that. But if you go with a friend, they can ask you a week later. So in your life group, hey, how'd that go? You know, how did the ministry fear go? What did you feel God talking to you about? And do you need to take that next step? I want us to stand up for prayer at the end here. And before I close this in prayer, go and stand up. Um, if you are new this morning, I'd love to meet you, man. I've got a gift for you down here. I'd love to just introduce myself and find out how you made it to the church. If you've been going here a little bit, but I have a ministry question, that's what Connection Corner's for. If you have something you want prayer about, Come down the front. We're going to have some elders and pastors down here to pray for you. Um, and I think the reality is a lot of us in here would like to do ministry. A lot of us would like to say, man, if you show me where I go, what do I do? But I think some of us, man, we need to like really learn how we're gifted. We need to try some things. Some of us believe we're not really gifted for anything, and we need to reject that lie. Some of us have tried some things. It didn't work and gave up, and we need to Pray that we'll try again. 
Some of us have gone through some stuff, made some mistakes, are not sure God still wants us doing ministry. Some of us need to receive from the Lord some revelation this morning that this is what he's calling all of us to. So let's pray together. God, I just ask right now that you would be stirring up in every heart in the room a desire to be in the game. That if you see us, like Daryl was saying earlier, you see us here, kids, you love us. If you see us that way, that if you want to pass us a ministry, that we'd be ready to catch it. That we'd be ready to say, okay, Lord, use me however you want to use me. Use my giftings, use what you've given in my life. Just however you want to use me, I'm, I'm open to you leading me this week. And I pray that throughout the week, as we think about some of these questions we've been talking about, we learn about our design, that we go in with some clarity into this season of ministry in our church, that every single ministry would have the people needs, no big holes because people left their puzzle pieces in their pocket. But instead, you would be calling each and every person in here to use our uniqueness as a beautiful picture of what you've put together here at Grace Community Church. I pray that it would be really hard for the enemy to intercept any ministry passes here because we would be working well together, we'd be praying well together, believing that you are going to help us. So Lord, we just ask that you would lead us this week and that going into the fall, our schedules and our hearts would be aligned with your heart as to what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.